0: Welcome, Mavs Nation, to another episode of MavsCast. This is your host again, Hov Kassian, on Twitter at H-O-V-O-K-Y-O-S, as well as the show Twitter at Ethos Mavericks. Give us a follow over there as we navigate through this, what has become a tumultuous season for the Dallas Mavericks so far, um, you know, behind... I don't know. I I don't know if he's MVP front runner anymore, but behind MVP candidate Luka Doncic and the rest of the team that's been put together around him. Um yeah, I'm 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 actually recording this after the back to back losses uh with the Bucks and the Bulls. Two very different games, very different kinds of losses, but losses regardless. Um, probably both equally painful. I would, I would guess for for Mavs fans. Uh, I'm gonna start off talking about the Bucks game, uh, since that is, you know, a huge matchup that happened there—a one-point loss against a fellow MVP candidate against what I believe is. The favorite for the NBA championship. Uh, now the Celtics are obviously making a great case for that as well, um, but this this Bucks team fully healthy, and you know the fact that the Mavericks, the simple fact that the Mavericks competed uh, to this level with this team, has an encouraging bottom line to it. But in the fashion in which they lost, and the pattern that we see how they've lost games this season um, feels like deja vu yet again. Um, and so the manner in which they lost and knowing this was a winnable game and the fact that the Mavericks haven't been racking up wins against teams that they should be racking up wins against just to you know keep pace in the West, a very competitive West, which it's looking like the Mavs are going to have to you know, win a playing tournament of which, you know, anything can happen in two single elimination games. Um, This is not a loss that you should really be fine with, right? There are positives you can take away from this loss, but overall this is not something where, okay, you've been beating all the teams you need to beat and now a championship contender comes in and you lose to them by one and we're happy because you competed with them. No, it's you're losing in the main fashion, which you've been losing games. Now, there's some other more embarrassing ways, like what's happened with the Bulls game. Um, you know, getting blown out by a team like that, regardless of whether or not you have Luka Doncic in the lineup. But uh, this has been the more common type of pain for uh, for Mavericks fans uh, this season. So I just wanted to run through a little bit of that. Um, this game was pretty competitive from the start, uh, pretty much all throughout this game. There were obviously runs by by teams, uh, either way, um, all throughout the game. But for the most part, uh, although the Mavs in the in the first half were down by four uh, to the Bucks, uh, they sort of did the main thing that they need to do which was their defense on Yanis Antetokounmpo. Um you know, you you play that sort of defense, you get it, you take that as a win. Now in the third quarter, um the Mavs really pulled away in this game. Uh Yanis only had four shots um in the third quarter, but he was starting to to get back into it and then the fourth quarter is really where where Yanis uh sort of broke the Mavs but uh, in that first half the Mavs had him largely bottled up Uh, he went only two for ten basically facing a wall on the inside and constant double teams and the Mavs basically played Giannis like they don't want other teams to play Luka right which inevitably the Bucks you know ended up playing Luka like that in in the biggest moments and the Mavs had no answer for it right because if if the best player in the world um, goes two for ten and you're still down by four in the first half um, that probably means the other team has some some great players picking up the slack which they do right with uh, Middleton and, and Drew Holiday, we all know that. Um, but the Mavs can't really match it. Right. Of late, Tim Hardaway Jr. has been on fire, right? He's not of the caliber, not even close of those other guys that are mentioned on the books, but, um, this was a game where he cooled off, uh, compared to how he's been playing. Um, so who are the other guys that have to step up? Right. Basically Spencer Dinwiddie and, and Christian Wood. Um, you know, both of whom shot well below their their averages. Christian Wood went six for fourteen. Um, Spencer uh, only uh, five of thirteen. But um. But yeah, it's it, it's one of those things where the Mavs sort of did what they, the main thing that they had to do defensively. Um, we were happy about seeing that down by four in the first half is. Not the end of the world, the Mavs are still in this game through the end of it, despite what Yanis did in the fourth quarter, um, and that part is great. Now, there are parts of it where it has nothing to do with the Bucks, that the Mavs pretty much threw the game away, or basically played right into uh, the Bucks stopping them, right? And uh, I guess one of those things, sort of the elephant in the room in this game, was the free throws. Ten for four, ten for twenty-four. Sorry for the game, the worst free throw percent as a team in this franchise's history for about twenty years, twenty plus years. I think the stat was that I read um, in the early two thousands, forty-one point seven percent free throws on twenty-four free throws, and I think that was the lowest for for a game over twenty free throws attempted. Um, the Mavs franchise in that period of time these free throw misses were pretty shocking like particularly at the end of the game uh when the Mavs really um really when you're watching the game you're thinking how are the Mavs gonna lose this Uh, how how are the Mavs gonna you know blow this one again because I'm sure that's on everyone's mind that at the end of the day it's gonna come down to a step back Luka 3 from the left wing um even if the Mavs are up by uh, what would have been a comfortable margin, uh, by other teams. And that's sort of how it happened. Right. Um, so we focus on the free throws, not only because of how abysmal they are, but it's not just one game, right? This team's free throw shooting. I mean, you had, was it a few games ago when, uh, Reggie Bullock was at the scores table and he usually takes the technical free throws or the flagrant free throws for this team. Right. Um, You know, saying something about the team when a player is averaging, what is Bullock averaging? Like five or six points a game, if even that. Um, You know, Reggie's averaging 4.6 points a game. And he's the primary, you know, free throw shooter when the Mavs have a choice of who shoots the free throws. Um, You have basically the, top four scoring options on this team, Luca and Christian Wood, flat out abysmal uh, free throw shooters um, for the caliber of scores that they are. Um, Luca's around 73%, Christian Wood is well under 70%. Um, I was one of the people who hoped, was hoping that we'll see more of a Detroit Pistons, Christian Wood field free throw percent rather than the Rockets it clearly hasn't come it's clearly something that he's apologized for and said he's got to get better at since what was it like 15 games ago and um and it hasn't happened obviously um in this game going actually he he actually didn't shoot any free throws in this game um yeah he actually didn't even shoot any free throws in this game but obviously for the season he's been one of the contributing factors to their woes um but yeah you know the the other two top scorers for them Spencer Dinwiddie and and Tim Hardaway uh they're shooting 80% and obviously for you know your third and fourth best scores uh guys who can shoot the ball like they they're, they are shooters they're not like rim running big men who are shooting a you know uh who you'd be more than happy that they're shooting 80 percent right um it's like you have to resort to to reggie to shoot these but yeah a few few games ago it was like they were so eager to get uh, reggie shooting it that they just uh put him in the game even though he was in the scores table waiting to uh, be checked in when the technical foul occurred and he goes and uh he shoots the free throw and then the refs basically, um, check it and say, wait a minute, was he supposed to be able to shoot that free throw? And then, and then they have him uh, they have him read through the free throw with someone else. But, uh, that's how eager they are to, to push Reggie onto the line, even though he, he doesn't shoot from the field at all anymore. Um, only three shots, uh, which will, you know, which topped his, his season average in points with five, um, in this game, uh, actually, in the next game, he, he only shot one shot. So, yeah, I mean, that's the state that you're talking about with the free throws. Like, the whole team knows it, and I don't know what they're going to do about it. But when Yanis Antetokounmpo, who's basically shooting the most free throws per game of anyone in the league, and he's struggling from the line, he's really struggling from the line, I believe he's under 70% as well, and... You know, like if you look at fantasy rankings, with with Yanis' uh, uh, stats, basically getting 32 points a game, 11 rebounds, 5.5 assists, with a steal, a block, a 3-pointer, and, and 55% shooting per game, um, he's ranked 106th in Yahoo Fantasy Basketball. And I know, talking about fantasy basketball in the Dallas Mavericks podcast, but... That's how detrimental Yanis' free throws uh, free throws are, um, that it drags him down to that level, right? A player that should other, otherwise be in the top three, right? If he just had a, like an average free throw percent. Now, if Yanis is shooting 7 of 10, and your star, Luka Doncic, who's a much better shooter overall, right? Three-point shooter, mid-range shooter, um, He's actually is a, is a better free throw shooter too, believe it or not. Um, and he goes four for 10 from the line and you lose the game by one. Um, you know, there, there are just some things that you can put on the Bucks being a strong team and there, there are some things that cost you the game that that you just can't. You could only put it on yourself. So So yeah, I think I've talked enough about about the free throw situation. But um uh I did mention Tim Hardaway cooled off after his white hot streak. He's not a player that that this team should be relying on that heavily to generate the offense to where if he goes three for nine in a game, um I don't think the blame should be on him, uh considering how much he's you know, revived his game uh from basically to the point where a lot of Mavs fans were just saying just trade him because of his contract. Um, basically saying he's just coming off the bench in lieu of Reggie Bullock uh, just because of, you know, the rest of the season that that Reggie had after, after Tim went down last year. And I had never written him off from there. I don't think his defense is as bad or as much of a liability as some people made it out to be. Um, his streaky shooting is obviously a, a big, uh, you know, a big thing for him that, that people talk about, but it's something that I think this team clearly needs. And some games he is going to go three for nine. Um, that's fine. I'm completely patient with all of that. Um, in a game where they lost by one, I think that aspect of it is fine. It's going to happen And in another game. They could have won this game with him only going for three for nine and all would have been great. What isn't fine is he went over for three from the free throw line himself, right? Dorian Finney-Smith went over to 2. Um, Christian Wood didn't even shoot a free throw, right? This all obviously contributed to, um, to what happened with the match. The other thing um, I mentioned a little bit was, was Yanis in the fourth, right? They conceded five of six um, shots to Yanis. To he basically, um, tore them up in the fourth quarter he went five for five from the line himself so if you take out the fourth quarter he actually went two for five from the line um so yeah basically Giannis did what Luca didn't do and and that's the team that that uh, came out on top but um at the end of the game they still had a chance to win this and last play of the game I guess you could say last two plays of the game um which combined are the last possession of the game was when um, Mavs get a rebound, take it down with seven seconds on the clock. And of course, you know, what's going to happen? They didn't have a chance to drop the play um, in that scenario. So Luka's going to go to the to the left wing and, you know, cross someone over and, and attempt to, you know, a step back three, whether or not his opponent got crossed over or not, right? Which... It's fine. They've lost more games than they've won that way, but what else are you going to do, right? With this offense, um, I assume there are other things you can do. But this is something that some of the time you're going to try this, and you're going to be happy you tried it, right? But the Bucks, obviously, a smart team that they are, with the smart players that they have, and the smart defensive coach that they have, um, recognize this and essentially camped uh, Brook Lopez. Lucas spot um actually before that was uh who was it there was one of the guards was there and then there was some screen action going on to try to get Luca there and and Brooke fought through it and, and basically stood his ground over there which basically makes it impossible for for Luca to take that shot especially since he also has Drew Holiday on him Drew pokes the ball out uh, the ball stays with the Mavs with about two seconds left um Mavs now have a chance to drop a play. And they come out of it basically with uh, with Brook actually doing some uh, some dancing and some trying to spook the the inbounder. Um, some funny stuff going on over there. But, of course, the ball just goes to, to Luca in the same spot. He tries to get to the same spot. Brook is standing there again um, like a pillar in this spot saying, you're not going to shoot it from here. And uh, with with Drew Holiday draped all over him, He tries to step back from a lot further out, right? Has basically no chance of going in. And he's just fuming after this one. Just fuming, just goes into the locker room. And like every Mavs fan could probably feel what Luca was feeling at that moment. And I don't know what's going on in the locker room after this one, after yet another one of these losses. Like, how many of these can you take with how well Luca's been playing? But teammates probably feel like they're letting them down he is probably mad at himself for things he could have done better like the free throw shooting or you know maybe he rushed a shot or here and there like type of player Luca is you know I'm sure he's taking a lot of the blame on himself but for sure he's got to be thinking what's going on with with my history or my, my history and my future here with the Mavs uh, if this team's not going to put you know uh, the players around me um so yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to put like words in his mouth or anything, but you you, you got to be thinking that he's thinking that. So um, it's like, what more reason do you need to make a midseason move? And that means not just getting a Faku Kapatso, or Kemba Walker. Both of those which are just band-aid moves that I liked at the time. But of course, this team needs something bigger. If the coaching's not going to change, right? If... Kid is not going to drop plays offensively. If kid is really only like a first-year defensive coach, he's not going to drop plays. Or if the Mavs just don't have the personnel for him to drop those plays, you need a bigger move, even if it's going to cost some of your future. Now, there are cases to be made where, okay, maybe you don't want to give up so much of your future for right now if your goal isn't to put your team in the best position to win the championship right now, and if that's not the front office's goal right now, then it's completely understandable. But most people will probably uh, agree that, you know, if you can get a player of the quality of some of the names that have been thrown out there, like potentially Pascal Siakam or or Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown's not going to, not going to happen this year in mid-season. Um, with the way that that the Celtics are playing, but um, you know if if you are going to go after a player like that, if you are going to be able to get a player like that, it could really change um, the complete perception that we've been having because of all these close games. You're you're going to assume you're going to you're going to win those, at least a good share of those, and and recover the season and become one of the favorites um, to go, or you can go for someone. A little bit less of a top star, like um, like a Miles Turner, um, which more necessitates that you get him a longer term, um, sign him to a friendly extension, and I don't know what sort of extension he would sign even in Dallas. Um, you know, even with him coming home, I'm sure he wants to uh, play for the Mavs in some capacity. Um, Maybe wants to play for some other teams more, but I'm sure he'd be fine playing with the Mavs now. I don't know how much of a discount he'd be willing to give the Mavs for that, especially with the way he's been playing. His market's gonna be pretty high despite his injury history. But um but yeah, it's it's you gotta have like a non band-aid move happen in this uh this season before the trade deadline. Um and I'm talking about the Bucks game, but Especially after seeing the Bulls game the following day, Uh, Travell McGee has been a failure of a ad failure of a pickup. Um, His contracts wasn't the worst thing in the world if you had all the other assets that you need around this team, but this team still still needed other pickups besides Travail. and they didn't do it. Um, So with that in perspective, when you're he he's the real big ad on your team. He's the big signing on the team. Obviously, he's not the the biggest player to to join the team in the off season. That's been Christian Wood, but he hasn't been used as such. You got him on an expiring deal. It's um, are you trying to trying to keep him cheap so you can re-sign him? I highly doubt that. I highly really doubt he's going to want to come back to this team unless anything seriously changes. And even if it does, I still doubt that he's going to come back to this team, especially if Jason kid is, is leading it. Um, but yeah, uh, Reggie and Spencer were essentially penciled in to, to do the same and probably expected to do better than they did last year. That was a mistake, right? Um, they're good players, they're good players, but I think I I think the team felt too comfortable with the assumptions that they're just gonna play as well as they did last year with Spencer in a you know, kinda different role. Um, where he didn't have as much pressure, as much on his shoulders with the with, uh, Brunson here, obviously. But um it's a good thing that Tim Hardaway has at least been playing well as of late. And what you got to do, you just got to keep hope that he keeps that up while the defenders start being able to also get some points. I'm talking about Dorian, talking about Reggie, talking about Maxi, right? You want multiple of these players to hit at the same time. You don't need all of them to, to be on streaks together. Uh, but you need at least like three of them to be playing well in a game. To you know, to to win it, essentially like Luca's Luca, like yeah, we could talk about some some games his free throws are gonna go in, some some games they're not. But for the most part, it's like he he's a constant. Obviously, um, you need either one of Spencer or Wood um, to pitch in, and then also in addition, you need like two or three of, um, you know. Josh, Dorian, Reggie, and Maxi, um, Or maybe like another surprise guy like like Bertons, to pitch in. Those are sort of like the, the two main things that you need. You need one of your, you know, Luca's uh, quote-unquote co-stars to play well on any given game. You need Spencer and Christian to not both have bad games. And then you need like two of your role players to have good games. That's basically what it comes down to whether this team wins or loses, um, without really going to in detail about how they perform defensively against certain teams. Right. So, yeah, um, that's all I have for the Bucks matchup. Now, um, I'm going to put out another one, uh, shortly after this, uh, probably get posted around the same time by the time you look at it. But, um, uh, another one on the bulls game because i think that warrants its its own its own discussion all right talk to y'all shortly